Hello and welcome to the Innovative Missional Ministries podcast. I'm Jeff Heisner, video journalist and digital media director for the Michigan District. Today, we're talking with Dr. Randy Schrader. This is part two of a two-part series. Today's topic is on parenting. Now, we talked about marriage the first time. Randy is an LCMS pastor, an award-winning author, a family counselor, having worked with over 2,000 couples. And he also taught at Concordia Theological Seminary. He's currently in the Indiana district, helping parents and families throughout our synod. This will be interesting because I know I've got a lot of questions and (laughs) I've got a teenage daughter. She's 14, a freshman in high school and a seventh grade son. So let's get into parenting right now. What are some things that we can do that can help build that strong parent-child relationship? Well, I think number one is to recognize, Jeff, the three R's. What are the three R's? Relationship plus a loving application of the rules, that second R, equals a responsible decision-making child. And so a lot of parents, loving Christian parents, uh, believe that the goal of parenting is to really apply the rules wonderfully. (laughs) And if I have really good rules, guilty. If I have really good rules, then that's really going to help my child be a good decision maker. And actually, it all begins with the relationship. And when we think about it, Jeff, the stronger uh, you and I, your listeners, the closer our relationship is to our Lord Jesus Christ, the more we want to have and follow biblical morals and follow the Ten Commandments. If we're not close to our Savior Jesus and not... uh, close to God's word, then the Ten Commandments and biblical morals are not that big a deal to us. And so when kids have a strong relationship with their parents, what that does, Jeff, that helps them trust their and respect their parent and know that their parent has their best interest at heart. And so it all begins with the relationship. Second, is a healthy application of the rules, okay? But let let me give you a couple of key ideas uh, for building a strong relationship uh, with a child that that can help uh, parents, help your listeners. Sure. First of all, kids need verbal, unconditional love. And one of the best ways to do that is to ask a question, do you want to know a secret? And the child is going to say, sure, tell me the secret. And the three words that are really important are the last three. And then mom and dad need to come back with, I love you no matter what. And the three big words are no matter what. Now, Jeff, you just told me that you have a ninth grade daughter and a seventh grade son. You'll ask them, do you want to know a secret the first time? And they're going to say, dad. I do want to know a secret. You tell them after that, you probably won't be able to ask, do you want to know a secret? But <laughs> your, your two kids need to hear you say regularly, I love you no matter what. And then the second phrase that parents need to use with their uh, children is, I will love you even more tomorrow than I did today. I will love you even more tomorrow than I did today. Think about it, Jeff. When we go to sleep tonight, if our Heavenly Father would audibly say to us, I will love you for an eternity through your faith in Jesus Christ, you and I would sleep like a rock to hear our Creator, 
our Heavenly Father say those words to us. And so every day, kids need to hear that. I will love you even more tomorrow than I did today. And, and, uh, and I think it's especially meaningful at bedtime uh, to give kids that unconditional love. And then if there's one sentence that parents need to use regularly, uh, it's I am proud of you. A question that I have heard hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times, probably over a thousand from teenagers, and I've counseled over a thousand kids, is Dr. Schrader, are my parents proud of me? And uh, parents do not use the P word enough. And they need to tell their kids regularly, I'm proud of you. And they need to tell their children, I'm proud of you, when the kids are not doing anything. They're just sitting there in the car, and maybe, you know, mom or dad pats them on the leg and says, I'm proud of you. You know, I just saw a young man this morning in my counseling practice uh, who's in his mid-20s. And uh, one of the things he wishes his dad would tell him is, I'm proud of you. <laughs> he, he's spent two days with his dad. Uh, and... I, I could tell you story after story, but his dad almost never has said, I'm proud of you. I saw a young man who's 30 who's struggling, and he said that uh, the first time his dad said, I love you, not I love you no matter what, just I love you when he was 30 years old. Wow. And, he, and he has a lot of issues, I'll just say that. And so those three phrases, Jeff, begin building that strong number one priority of a relationship between a parent and a child. All three of those phrases, so impactful for sure. So now if we're disciplining our child, how can we do that correctly? How can we lovingly do that in order for them to make good decisions? Great question. And uh, I think one of the biggest mistakes that parents make is giving a child, and it makes them ineffective as parents, too many chances. Kids need to be given two chances at the most. And so it's always good, I think, to uh, maybe I should say 95% of the time, always avoid always, but 95% of the time, ask for what's requested. So let's say that a child, Jeff, is being disrespectful. Mom or dad would ask, will you please be respectful toward me? If the child continues being disrespectful, the parent needs to say either be respectful or go to your bedroom for 10 or 15 minutes so you can calm down. You decide. And so that gave them two, two chances. Now, in a sense, and I know this is not in the Bible, and I'm a Lutheran pastor, uh, but God asked Adam and Eve, will you please avoid the fruit and either avoid the fruit or leave the garden Eden, you decide. So when a child makes a wrong decision, let's say that child continues to be disrespectful, and I know this is not in the Bible, but in a sense, you decided to leave the Garden of Eden because you ate the fruit. So a parent would say you decided to go to your room for 15 minutes because you're being disrespectful. And it's absolutely essential, Jeff, that parents never use the word I. <laughs> I is controlling. I will eventually lead to anger in a child because if a parent says I'm going and then parents should never use the word punishment. Punishment is for criminals. If you and I get a speeding ticket today, Jeff, the policeman doesn't say I'm going to punish you and take you to jail. The policeman says you decided to get a ticket because 
you were speeding. We'll try again next time you get on the road. And so parents, when they give a consequence or take away a privilege, need to say, you decided, mm-hmm. give the consequence because, and just think of God with Adam and Eve. You decided to leave the Garden of Eden because you disobeyed and ate the fruit. And I think it's important to keep in mind that Colossians 3 passage, children obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. So mom and dad are seeking obedience. They're seeking good decision-making. They're not wanting to control their child because a parent wants to become obsolete so that a child manages their own life from 18 to 100. And then one other really big significant tool, and you mentioned your daughter was 14, is grandma's law. And grandma's law is when you, then you. Yes. Grandma would say to us, when you eat your vegetables and chicken, then you may have a piece of the pie baked. (laughs) And, uh, and, And likewise, parents need to use when you, then you with responsibilities and chores. So it could be when you take out the kitchen trash, then you may watch TV. When you do your homework, then you may play outside. When you clean your bedroom, then you may play video games. So it's when you, then you, and parents just should never use if you, then you. <laughs> if is you is what most parents say, unfortunately, because they don't know better. When I uh, say to parents, if you, and my simple habits for effective parenting, if you read my book, then you will be an effective parent. I'm not sure they're going to do it. However, when I say to a mom and dad, when you read Simple Habits for Effective Parenting, then you will be an effective parent. I have confidence they're going to do it. It's just a matter of when. And so parents need to remember that small distinction and not never use if. And I could tell you a quick story, Jeff, if that's okay, about sure. a when you then you how powerful it is. Mm-hmm. is that uh, I saw a dad who had a 15-year-old daughter, one year older than yours, mm-hmm. and he came in and he came in without his wife. And he said, Dr. Schrader, he said, my wife and I have threatened our daughter, tried to intimidate, bargain with her. And I don't mean threatening in an unhealthy way, but you know, he was just saying, we tried everything and mm-hmm. we just can't get her to clean her bathroom. I said, dad, I said, this is going to be a piece of cake. You know, what, what, will you please go home and ask your daughter and it's very good, Jeff, when anything is important, parents need to speak just above a whisper. So go home and uh, ask your daughter, very look, just above a whisper, will you please hand me your cell phone? Get her cell phone, say, when you clean your bathroom, then you may have your cell phone back. And then very nicely turn around and walk away. And she's going to think, what's going on with dad? He's never approached it that way. He usually yells at me and says, clean the bathroom. Well, she's going to clean the bathroom because she's 15 and she wants her cell phone. Well, his daughter did that and she didn't quite hit the sink properly. And so he uh, said to her, uh, when you clean those spots in the sink that you missed, then you may have your cell phone. And he walked away about three or four minutes later. She said, dad, it's all clean. He went in, gave her her cell phone and it just turned their uh, parent-daughter relationship around because whenever there was a responsibility, when you do your homework, then you may do this, whatever it was, 
you know, she started doing it because what parents want to do is help their kids be good decision makers and put the responsibility on the child. Uh, and, and so uh, the when you, then you is terrific along with will you please either or you decide. You decided because when giving a consequence or taking away a privilege. And Randy, I am visualizing this happening right now <laughs> you know, in just a few hours. That bathroom's getting clean, and so is the room. So, no, it's going to be great. <laughs> now, it's a true. I tell you that that when you then you has de-stressed a lot of homes. Yeah, absolutely, and I can see it. And you, right when I first heard you say that, the light bulb went off, and it's going to be used and used often. So that thing, it'll be a it's you. a new new parenting tool in your parenting toolbox. That'll be terrific. Uh, now, for me specifically. I've got kids that, you know, junior high and then high school. So there's a ton of worldly temptations out there, dating, uh, cell phones. Um, how do we set those godly boundaries with all these things? And, and obviously with sex too. Yeah, that, and I, I could talk about that for hours. But let, let me give you one really important skill that I think parents need to utilize, Jeff. And that's a three-letter word, why? Why, if, if I ask you, why do you have on a blue shirt? Uh, it's kind of attacking you and saying you did something wrong, Jeff, and your motive was wrong. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so back in the 80s and early 90s, there was a slogan, just say no. That did not help kids. And in fact, I think it probably made things worse for a lot of kids. And so if, uh, a child is confronted with a temptation, they, what can help them stay strong is to ask the other child why, because that puts it on the other child uh, and, and makes the other child feel like they're wrong and their motive is wrong. And so real quickly, we can kind of role play here. Will you please, Jeff, just ask the word why every time uh, I ask you this question or say this to you, okay? Jeff, let's smoke. Let's pretend we're in junior high. Let, let's go smoke a cigarette together. Why? Well, it's against the law. It'll be fun to break the law. So let's just smoke one. Why? Well, we'll do something our parents won't want us to do, and they'll never find out. So, Jeff, let's just smoke one cigarette together. Why? Yeah. Well, see, and I'm on the run now. Okay. <laughs> I have to keep coming up with the answers. Sadly, what happens is often... I ask or say, Jeff, let's smoke a cigarette together. And I, uh, if you smoke, I apologize. I don't want to offend anybody that smokes, but uh, that can be a temptation that can lead to health issues later in life. But, but if, if I ask you, let's smoke a, or say to you, let's smoke a cigarette together, and you ask me why, it keeps me on the run. But if you say no, I'm going to say, why not, Jeff? Why not? Why don't you have more courage? And so now I've got you on the run. And, and, and that is a terrific skill for helping kids overcome temptations to ask why, whether it's with nicotine or vaping or alcohol or marijuana or other recreational drugs, fentanyl, whatever it is, ask why do you want me to do that? <laughs> now, I know we've got so many other things that we could touch on here, but definitely want to get into a child's faith and how important that is. So what are those essential behaviors that can strengthen uh, the child's faith in Jesus? Well, I think 
praying without ceasing, <clears throat> as the Bible says, is absolutely essential. And I encourage parents to pray, certainly before and after meal prayers, but also pray throughout the day. You know, we had the pandemic, you know, pray for those that are sick. Uh, have a bedtime routine of praying at night. And I think par parents need, uh, a lot of parents don't know how to pray, Jeff. Uh, just use three parts, you know, as we say, our Father who art in heaven, or, you know, dear God. And then the second part, what we want to pray about, be it a thank, be grateful for some blessing from God, excuse me, or uh, maybe a request for someone who's ill. And then Jesus, our Savior, is our mediator. And Jesus takes all our prayers to our Heavenly Father. And so just teaching a child to uh, the three parts of prayer and then letting a child practice praying on their own. Uh, you know, something as simple as, dear God, thank you for this school day and what I learned. In Jesus' name, amen. And that's a beginning point. And a child then can always add a second and third sentence as they become more comfortable praying. And then I and uh, then I think the other thing is devotions. <laughs> and I don't quote me on this, but uh, I think I read long ago, 30, 40 years ago, Billy Graham said, if I had my devotion, my life, family life to do over, I would have made my devotions really brief. <laughs> and if they expand, I'll let them expand. But Billy Graham said he always wanted the devotions in their home to be 15 minutes. And it was kind of rigid. And I, I think his kids struggled with some issues when they got into young adult life. Okay, now I think they've turned it around as they're much older. But uh, I, I'm a big believer in being brief, having a simple, by brief, I've seen only maybe three or four minutes. If the child wants to expand and ask more questions, they can. So the three parts are, uh, you know, have a Bible story and or a brief devotion, ask a couple of questions, and then end in prayer. Uh, and if, again, if it goes longer, fine. And then parents need to just be persistent to not give up. <coughs> Excuse me. And if I think they can have uh, devotions uh, three days a week, that would be fantastic. To shoot, I mean, it's good to try to do it every day, but that I think is unrealistic and can be discouraging to parents, just hopefully have devotions two, three days a week, pray with your child, and that can really strengthen their faith in Jesus Christ. Randy, such awesome advice. Uh, I know I have learned a ton, and I'm going to take a lot of what you are teaching and do my best to implement, whether it's with my wife in marriage or with my kids in parenting. So thank you so much. Well, thank you so very much for having me, Jeff. It was uh, my privilege to be with you, and I pray God's blessings upon your uh, listeners and their lives and relationships. And I know you've got a ton of resources that you can share with our audience here. Um, you've got a website. You also books. You name it. You've got. You've yeah, got I, I do have the Simple Habits for Effective Parenting. It's mm -hmm. a two-time national award-winning parenting book. Uh, my website is drrandyschrader.com. I do have a YouTube channel. I have a goal to do a YouTube video every week, but I don't hit that. <laughs> so I got to lower my expectations, like I just suggested with devotions. And, uh, and there's videos on there on marriage and parenting. Uh, and then I have also focus on the family. 
I've done a number of parenting videos there, and I've got a two-part parenting uh, focus on the family video that's going to come out November 14th and 15th. Now, sometimes focus on the family may change the dates, but they notified me and said it'll come out November 14th and 15th. And I mentioned in the other podcast, this coming Thursday and Friday, the marriage focus on the family two-part new habits uh, uh, for your marriage is going to be broadcast on over 2,000 radio stations and then also on YouTube. That's awesome. Great stuff. Great information, too. Randy, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you again, Jeff. It was my honor. Uh, And thank you, the listener, for making this podcast part of your day. God bless. Thank you.